What's up? Alex here, AJNashville.com. Thanks again for tuning in to this podcast on Friday. Like I told most of you at the beginning of the week, we decided to slim it down to one day a week just to keep that quality content going and make sure that the information that we are providing you on a day-to-day basis, I keep seeing we, we as if there's more people that are sitting in my studio right now waiting to record. I mean to say I. I want to make sure that I'm providing you, the listener, with the top quality content that you can receive and that makes your time that you take worth listening to. So, most of you know, today is early voting day here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. People are going out. They're getting their voice heard. They're making their vote count. They're making a decision that's not only going to affect just their ward, so to speak, but also affect the community as a whole. Now, this is a difficult thing for anybody to do, to get out there and put your faith in somebody that you know very little about and hope that they represent you well. The difficulty of doing that is sometimes something that comes back and bites us. Sometimes we feel like, ah, that was a bad decision. So what we can do as citizens is do what we can to get as informed and as educated as humanly possible about the people that we decide to provide the leadership for our community. Hopefully, those of you that are listening have done so, have done your homework and done the things you need to do to make what you feel is an educated decision on the person you elect to put into office. Not the person with the biggest and fanciest signs, not the person with the best podcast like me, not the person with the fanciest flyers, but the person that you genuinely feel has the city's best interest in mind. That's a tough decision to make. So those of you that are out voting today, I commend you on taking the first step of taking control of what it is you think is best for the future of this city. I want to talk about what caused me or what made me want to run for alderman. You know, the thing is, politics. We all know you have to be a popular person in politics. In order to get elected, you have to be a known person within the community. So you strive for popularity. You know, imagine high school when you're out there and you're like, I'm I'm the quarterback, you know, for the football team. That was an easy way to gain popularity. You just, you had to be good at what it was you did from an athletic standpoint to be recognized. Well, in the city, it's a little bit different. To become popular, you have to get in front of your peers. You have to face a lot of hard questions. You have to be prepared to answer questions that most people just want to step away from or avoid or, or not even interact with in order to engage and do the things you need to do within your city in order to become that popular person to get elected. Now you become elected. Now you better stick by your word. You better do everything it is that you said you were going to do. So the educational portion of, of becoming an alderman is very, very important. And I say this from experience because I was a person that, you know, I I knew a little bit, not enough, not enough to be dangerous, but a little bit that could get me, you know, to my own emotional opinions of what I thought should happen. And then as I progressively grow towards this and as we get closer to election date and I'm arming myself with more education, some of my initial opinions that I had just as a citizen that had no intention of running for alderman started to change. Because I started filling those opinions with factual data. And that's data I can stand behind. See, the difference is you can't go out and say, hey, it's hot today. And expect everybody to agree that, yes, today is hot. But what you can do is walk in and say, hey, it's 72 degrees today. 
And there's no disputing that for the most part, because you have factual data that says, hey, it's 72. Yep, you're right. Says it right here on weather.com or says it right here on my thermometer. It is 72 degrees outside. Now, why did I run? Well, I ran because I felt like I needed to be the person to be the voice of my community because I have thick enough skin. I joked around with somebody the other day and I said, you know what? I feel like if I got shot with a low caliber weapon, that it would deflect off me because my skin is so thick because the things I have been through in life, the things I have experienced, the names I've been called. I mean, you want to talk about name calling. (laughs) You know, this is definitely not a position that is for the thin skinned or the weak of heart. Fortunately for me, my, some of my best friends make it a point to call me names and to say things. That's just how we interact. In addition to that, I saw problems that I no longer wanted to be a person that saw things happen. I wanted to be a person that was able to do something about the things that were happening. Because it's very easy to sit and say, I don't like this. Okay, get up and do something about it. And it's very easy to step back and say, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Well, why not? I'm just a citizen here. And unfortunately, that's the perception of government on many levels in any community, not just Spring Hill, Tennessee. As citizens, we tend to feel like, hey, there's nothing I can do about it. The government's going to do what they want. That's incorrect. And I understand that now that I'm more into being a part of what's going on in this city. I understand that now as I take the time to sit down with current aldermen and pick their brain and city planners and, and city workers and figure out what is it that we can do to help the continuous improvement of our city. We need strong leaders in place. We need people that are okay with planting their feet in the dirt and not moving. We need people that are okay with taking the time to study and taking the time to do what's best for our community, for our citizens, for the future growth of this great city. One of the people I had the opportunity to talk to yesterday made a statement that was very profound to me. And that was this person wanted to see the citizens fall in love with this city again. And it's easy to say. It's easy to want something like that, but we have to figure out how. And this person plays an intricate role in figuring out that how. And the reason why I found that as a profound statement is because when I lived in other cities and other communities, I loved being from that community. When I lived in Franklin, I proudly, yeah, I'm from Franklin. I live in Franklin. Not because it was in Williamson County, but because Franklin had a lot to offer to its citizens. Because a lot of people looked at Franklin as, that's the place I want to raise my family. And Spring Hill has found its way to that surface where people say, I want to raise my family in Spring Hill. I'm fortunate that I have two toddlers and a 16-year-old and a family and a girlfriend here in Spring Hill, Tennessee, that I have the opportunity to raise them in this community. Because the one thing that Spring Hill does great is if somebody slips, we're all there to help them back up. And that's something you don't find in every community. Most of the time, people are milling around doing their own thing. Now, the funny thing is, is Spring Hill will be the harshest on you. You better not step up into one of these big Spring Hill groups and not have your thick skin on. Because if you do, they will devour you. But those are the exact same people that will come to your aid When you need something, it's a brother and sister relationship. It's like best friends with people that you don't even know. Spring Hill is a great community. Spring Hill needs the strong voices to step up and do what we can 
to continue the correct path that the city is on. Education is something that's been very powerful for me when it's come to learning about the different laws that govern what it is that we do and what it is we're able to charge, you know, hot topics, the impact fees. Hey, what do you think about these impact fees? Well, you know what I used to think? I used to think that people needed to pay them regardless and they, they should pay more and let's pay, you know, let's make them pay what Franklin's paying and let's make them pay what, what they're paying in other cities. Well, you can't because there's studies that have to be done to determine and to give a fair number to those people who are doing those things. And then the next big elephant in the room, what about property taxes? Well, here's the thing. Property taxes have not been raised in a very long time. Okay. Now we have this need to have certain things that we want within this city, certain things that impact fees cannot pay for. You want a big shiny fire truck? Ain't going to happen with impact fees. Do you want a nice new police station? Not going to happen with impact fees. Do you want some more officers on board? This way, our men and women in blue are protected if something happens where they don't have to wait minutes for help to arrive, where help arrives rapidly and protects our men and women in blue. Or what about our men and women in red, our fire department, our EMS, EMTs, whatever you want to call them? The people that are there to perform the emergency services, the people that are there to save your home from burning down, do they deserve that extra money, I'll let you decide. Because as this city grows, we cannot sustain on the same income that we have currently. The fact of the matter is your boss at your job gives you a raise periodically because that person knows in order to expect you to do more, they have to pay you more. And that's something that we're faced with. It's an unfortunate thing that we're faced with this. I'm a citizen of this community as well. If there is a tax increase, guess who has to pay it just as much as you do? That same $20, $30, $10, whatever the, the final dollar amount ends up being, comes out of my household expense as well. Comes out of my budget as well. But I will tell you this much. I would pay $10, $20, $30, even $50 more a month to make sure that the listener that is listening to this podcast is protected if something happens. If human life isn't worth $30, $40, $50, $10, $20, whatever that dollar amount ends up being, then you really have to step back and ask yourself what you're doing within this community, the community of people who are compassionate and who care about each other. Because I'll pay $20 a month every month for the next 10 years to make sure the people around me survive. Now, property tax increase is obviously a last resort. It's not something we want to do. I know budgets are tight. Trust me, I look at them on a daily basis. As a person who works within the community to help people achieve their American dream of getting into a home, I look at this on a regular basis. I get it. But I also look at the impact of not having those services. It's not for the weak of heart. Once again, you become a popular person to get into office only to become the most criticized and unpopular person that is in office. And then once everything's said and done and you slide back into society, nobody remembers the big things you did. Nobody remembers the greatness that you contributed. But that's okay because it's not about the memory. It's about the impact that you have as an individual, the impact that you have as a leader, the impact that you have to carry our future generations forward so they too can enjoy a great life in Spring Hill, Tennessee. That's why I want to run, or that's why I am running for alderman. That's why I feel I deserve the seat. 
Do I have some learning to do? I sure do. But here's the one thing you as the listeners can more than likely agree with. There's not been anything that I haven't done that I haven't had to learn to do that I haven't figured out how to do well. This podcasting thing, I'm at 127 episodes. I started once upon a time with one episode, with nothing, with a crummy mic, with a little backdrop and a computer program, but a vision. And I put that vision together and I've done it time and time. And I've been criticized time and time again, but I keep striving forward. And now this podcast has become something better than it was in episode one or episode 50 or even episode 100. So we continue to charge forward and push and do what I can to achieve the success that I have set in mind for myself. Running this city and being a leader and a voice for my community is no different. Yes, I will have to learn certain difficulties and challenges. Yes, I will have to learn new terminology. But guess what? There's a team of people that I can work closely with in order to learn those things. I'm not walking into something brand new. There's been people before me. There'll be people after me. But those are resources to reach out to and say, hey, tell me what I need to do next. And that's the biggest thing. We have to use our resources. We have to seek out the mentors. We have to see what we can do to do what we can for what's best for the city. This is a shorter podcast because I want more people to hear this. I want more people to tune in so they know which direction I want to go. At the end of the day, we are Spring Hill. You see it on my signs. You see it on my banners. What that means is collectively, we are the citizens that make up this city and the citizens that will help propel this city forward if we grab each other's hands and continue to charge the good charge. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Don't forget, get out there, get your voice heard. Pick the person that you think will represent you, your family, and this city the best way possible. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you have a fantastic afternoon.